Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Ready? Get in there. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian. I think you broke it. Look what you made me do! And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. say right now there's no discussion the flyers jerseys are awesome uh everybody else is wrong stop it <laughs> um yeah it's a rare win in flyers land you, you back on the bandwagon no i just said that the jerseys were great uh it's literally everything i wanted in their jerseys for years it's a mix of the recent past mm-hmm. the further past and looking new it's literally a mixture of every jersey that's been out every jersey that's not an alternate that has been out since 1967 um i would find something else to complain about like hey we're hiring previous uh uh players again uh they're just younger mm-hmm. what the fuck do i know um <laughs> hiac talk radio what the fuck do i know about Titanic? not much except for uh this book, which I'm acting like I'm streaming and I'm not, so nobody can see this. This book right here I have in my hand. The Discovery of the Titanic by Robert D. Ballard. I've had since I was six. Since I was six years old, this book. I have read this thousands of times over and over and over and over again. And no world, in no world, what have I gotten in a tin can to go down <laughs> to see that fucking ship? Especially being charged $250,000 to go down in a ship that was not approved by anybody, controlled by a Logitech PlayStation 3 PC controller, modded, and the door was bolted shut with a wrench. Um if anybody can find this book, which is still on sale for $53. Um, how much was it in 1986? I don't know. Um, this is amazing. This was written by the guy and the, uh, who led the team in discovering the Titanic wreck for the first time recorded since it sunk in 1912. And uh, he was saying it nicely on the news, but he was basically saying, yeah, this wasn't a good fucking idea. <laughs> Just, uh, I, once once even if they told me mm-hmm. this is the safest ship built with the latest private technology not funded by the government ever as soon as they got to we can't navigate without the ship above with text messages i'm like no, i'm out fuck off i want my money but i'm out of here i was just going to 
give my condolences to the five members of the Titan crew and their families. Listen, um, I, I'm sad for the kid. The kid didn't want to go on there. Yeah. Um. Of course, it sucks. It's a tragedy. But then on the other side, you have a, a boat of refugees that killed, what, 750? Mm-hmm. And nobody's talking about it. Don't really care about this. I could have told you they were dead the moment they said, hey, we can't find the submarine that's down by the Titanic. Well, I I got news for you. Past all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, of course. I. It's, it's, it sucks. It's terrible. You could die like that. I mean, it was instant. If they were down far enough, it was instant. Yeah. Um, and from now, now I'm hearing, Dan, that they heard something within hours of their uh, of their submersion. So this hasn't they said we've been looking them for days, but uh, apparently they died within hours and there was no trace of them. What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Because it completely imploded. Um, So that's why they couldn't find them. So apparently they're saying that this happened like almost instantly and wasn't um, like I think they lost communication within an hour and a half or two and a half hours after launching. And that's. Mm -hmm. I don't think people appreciate what the word implosion means. Yeah. And I don't quite think. I keep thinking back um, Damar Hamlin uh, when I saw people on Twitter and social media going, he almost died. And my reply was he, he died. He, He did die. He did die. We don't do CPR on folks that are breathing. Yes. That's not how that works. He was dead. Shut up. Yeah. If you're if you're adding your two cents into that situation and then going, he almost died. Take the two cents back and put it in your pocket. Um, (laughs) I was thinking about that while that was going on. While this was going on with the Titanic sub, the Titan sub, Ocean Gate Mm -hmm. going. People are hearing words like pressurization and decompressing and PSI probably for the first time in their life since they don't know what CPR is. Yeah. I don't think they appreciate the pressure. A hundred feet under the ocean surface, Mm -hmm. let alone two and a half miles down. What that does to you. Yeah. Does to things. Mm -hmm. Period. Uh, Hence, a perfect example would be. The Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't dead. a submarine. It was a submersive. It was. Yeah. And from, you know, what you described and what, you know, was made fun of. I mean, when I saw PlayStation control trending worldwide, I said, why is that? I said, are they doing a recall? Because I'm a I'm a PlayStation guy. So I was like, why is this? It's like, oh, they're operating this craft with a PlayStation machine. Again, it's not a submarine. It's a submersive. It's a it's a, a completely different animal. This Submarines can go. Office is bigger yeah. than that submersible. Like period. <laughs> exactly. And I, obviously, we're we're playing. You know, you know, Monday morning submarine captain here and all the stuff. That no, I'm we- an expert. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Well, and I and I'm pre med, so I don't know any of this stuff. I thought um, you're pre law. Oh yeah, well, it depends on what day it is. Um, but uh. The, the I told you so's people um are are plentiful now. It it is a tragedy uh that it happened. Um uh, what's more tragic is how uh preventable the whole thing could be. And if 
it, let's go the other way. If they were successful, what what was the what was the, the goal of this? To do what? To bring oh, back just to look at it. Okay. Yeah. That, that no, that was I'm not trying to be sarcastic or rude no. or the idea was to go down and look at it. Um and I'm not gonna say these words often. Um and I forget his damn name anyway. Um the owner, the operator of Ocean Gate. Mm-hmm. Oh, where the fuck is it? I had it here. Oh, now it's gone. Um, the gentleman that, um, and I, let me, and I'm going to retract live while we're recording it. I have empathy. <laughs> I have empathy. No, no, no I'm serious. I have I sympathy for the four that went down with him. Mm-hmm. I have no sympathy for that guy. Um, the guy running Ocean Gate, and to defend a little bit, Ocean Gate, and this. Solomon something I forgot is Solomon Rush. Yeah. Did a lot. Of mapping out things. The debris field, the what the wreck looks like now, a lot of things the last several years going down there in this little thing. Mm -hmm. So it was invaluable. However. You knew about the dangers. You fired anybody that told you about the dangers. And I don't care if this is armchair, Titanic wreck expert. I don't give a shit. Uh, you were warned about the dangers. You you got rid of anybody who said anything. Mm-hmm. You put everybody's life at risk every time. And you got away with it every single time until that one time. And now you're not here. So not only did the wreck of the Titanic and the Titanic Historical Society or, and anybody else running, however it is, lose somebody that was giving them invaluable information and research, you've killed four people. One of them was an 18-year-old kid who didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Went because his dad wanted him to go. I, you know, that's where I lose the sympathy. Yeah. That's just me. No, it's it's that's a lot of people, Dan. Just you. I I uh, and the we uh, the I told you so. It's amazing to me. COVID. Uh, any crime that's committed, like everybody knows everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them can't produce. Yeah. Book. Um. So uh, yeah. If somebody comes to you with a proposition about well. Depends on the proposition. If somebody comes to you with a proposition about getting on a tin can to go down to the Titanic wreck, now we know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sucks. It does. But yes, and, and and I did the the moment. The moment they said the the subs missing, it's a rescue operation. <laughs> no, it's not. Mm-hmm. No way, because two things happen. Well, there's there's several things, but I thought at the time. My novice brain thought there's two things that happened. They got down there. They got not help me. Even if they didn't get all the way down there, they got to a depth low enough where they started to have problems. And what happened? Implosion. Right. Or they got fucking lost down there. And they're up at the surface somewhere. And it. I don't know if you know this ocean pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> don't know where the fuck it is. Um, unfortunately, the first thing that I mentioned is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Robert Ballard, the gentleman I was talking about before, uh, said that what he thought happened was is they knew they had a problem. And believe it or not, as novice and amateur as the submarine was, there were backup systems to lighten the load and get back up to the surface. Mm-hmm. What he feared happened was they started that process and on the way up, whatever inte- whatever happened to the hull, integrity, something hit it, whatever the deal is, that's where they ran into the problem. And it was the it was over before they realized it. Right. You know, say people say the sun's gonna explode, we're all gonna die. You, you're not gonna know. No. <laughs> you're gonna go, hey, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like uh Robert uh John F. Kennedy. What was that? Yeah. 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 Did you guys hear that? <gasps> Did you guys hear that? <laughs> hey, what the f- <laughs> That's fucked up. Yes, that's messed up. I I I I I, I have no regrets. Okay. Um, Hey, wrestling happened this week. You heard Did of you both. That? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Let's um, start with the downer and then move on to the, the normal stuff so it's not as much of a downer. Um, mm-hmm. Iron Sheik, man. One of the guys that we both thought, not really, but we both think he's going to outlive both of us at this point. You know, uh, the Iron Sheik died and he went out almost, he almost went out exactly cursing Hulk Hogan, which. <laughs> Happier than a pig in mud, I tell you what. And you, you know, if 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 his legacy was just that, Dan, that'd be legendary enough. <laughs> just on his uh his hatred of of Hulk Hogan, um, which, um, it may or may not have been, uh, uh a shoot. Uh, I'm sure he did have some resentment towards Hulk Hogan at some point in his life. And I think he just carried it on because it was so damn entertaining. Um, or even if it's a slow news day, you just go to Iron Cheek's Twitter page and the fuck you to Hulk Hogan. And <laughs> that would be fuck. And I can't emphasize this <laughs> enough. The Mondays. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's amazing the career he had as a, an amateur wrestler, as a professional wrestler. Uh, as an entertaining figure around wrestling, and then on as a Twitter, uh, just icon, um, uh, amazing. Um, even before the even before the wrestling, he was a soldier in the Iranian army. He was a bodyguard of the Shah of Iran. He was a national AAU champion. He was at the seventy-two Olympics, um, the tragic one in Munich, uh, with the Iranian. Uh, wrestling team and more remind he was part of the, the one of the Vern Gagne products um the same class as Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat and Ken Patera and those guys and he, he even said in this Hall of Fame speech he, I I drove the truck and I I unpacked it I set up the ring I unpacked the ring and I set it back up and I drive the truck he drove the truck in Vern Gagne, and this is like in, from St. Paul to Chicago to Milwaukee in the wintertime doing that. So the guy it's was cold. Yes. And they did it with a big smile. People don't remember the sheet before the, the snidey whiplash mustache. He had a big grin, big smiling, you know, just happy. I'm happy to be here, you know, joy. <laughs> um, you see these early pictures when he was on the AAU national team with the big smile on his face um just and a, just a, a 
tough, you know, guy. But and that started his, his wrestling career, you know, late in his late twenties, early thirties. By the time he got to the WWF with Hogan, the the biggest run of his career, he was in his forties, you know, and and that the the six pack has had gone, you know, had, had let himself go. Didn't have the body he once was, but the the Iron Sheik or the Great Hussein Arab, who that's who he wrestled as when I first saw him back in 1979, his first run at the WWF. Um, he was a, the Great Hussein uh, Arab, or he also wrestled as the Great Hussein. Had a six pack abs; those suplexes were deadly. He would gut wrench, butterfly suplex, belly to back. He had the best backdrop in the where he could he could vault anyone over with a backdrop. He was just an uh, an incredible heel, and he, he made an, a name when he came back after he left um, the WWF in early '79. He went to Georgia in the Mid Atlantic, wrestled with his old buddies Ken Patera and Jim Brunzel, and in Georgia, and he he got the flag, the Iranian flag, because at this time in '82 was the Iranian hostage crisis uh, with the Ayatollah Khomeini, which, which, which was what started Nightline, because every day hostages were held in uh, Iran for 444 days, and the sheikh, who was legitimately Iranian and was already a heel, he played it up. He started coming to the ring with an Iranian flag, and the picture of Ay- Ayatollah Khomeini was drawn on there by Jerry Lawler. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, Jerry Lawler drew that, uh, and he went down to Georgia, and he was on the on the on TBS on the Superstation, feuded with Dick Murdoch, Captain Redneck, All American guy. He and Ivan Kola, he and Ivan Kola would team up against Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes, and just made tons of money and got tons of heat. And he got called back um, in '83 and had that epic feud with Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, that turned Slaughter babyface. Who would know? But he preying all preying on the real life animosity that Americans had towards Iran. Here's Iron Cheek and Sergeant Slaughter, both heels. Slaughter, uh, Iron Cheek finishes his match. Slaughter's coming to the ring, and they get in each other's way, and neither one of them are going to move. And this is in the entrance way with a young Vince McMahon. What's going to happen here? Sergeant Slaughter coming to the ring and the Iron Sheik won't let him pass. And that's what started Sergeant Slaughter's epic babyface run. The only person that can make Sergeant Slaughter, who was the number one heel in the WWF at the time, a face, was the Iron Sheik. And their matches set the territory, set the Northeast on fire, um, turned Slaughter babyface. And with the... uh, the arrival of Hulk Hogan, you had the two biggest baby faces in the entire world of wrestling between Slaughter and Hogan. And, you know, we know how that ended Hogan being a stooge. So Slaughter was out, but, uh, we should forgive him though. No. Yeah. Uh, but Iron Sheik was a transition champion. We love you. He defeated, um, Bob Backlund, uh, the day after Christmas in 1983, Hulk Hogan had already been signed. So that was the whole, that was Vince's plan to get the belt off Backlund and turning Backlund heel uh, wasn't going to do it. Uh, He had to do it really quick. 
And Backlund wasn't going to turn heel anyway, because that was the plan after he lost, was to turn on Hogan. And um, in a match right here, in, right here in Philadelphia, Iron Cheek uh, and Bob Backlund had a rematch. And uh, Hulk Hogan was in Backlund's corner. And after Iron Cheek was disqualified for using the loaded boot, Hogan came in the ring to rescue Backlund, and Backlund was supposed to turn on Hogan. Uh, and instead, he left the ring. Just walked out. Mm. Uh, but Iron Sheik uh, cemented his legacy. He was the one who ended the five-year and ten-month reign of Bob Backlund, the second longest reign in WWF history, a reign that Roman Reigns will not come close to a, to eclipsing. Uh, Iron well, Sheik, although I would laugh, but it's not happening. Yeah. What was great about when Iron Sheik won the championship, uh, Freddie Blassie had changed his name to Ayatollah Blassie. Yep. And he was ecstatic. <laughs> he loved it. When Sheik won, he was running around the ring of Madison Square Garden, putting the belt on the Sheik. He loved the heat that Iron Sheik got because those were two tough guys who loved the business and who loved getting heat. So if people were throwing stuff at him, threatening them, trying to get at him, and, you know, Blast has been through his share of scraps, he loved it. Say, he don't care. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, Freddie Blast, he was, in, was born in the 1900s, okay? He was in the Navy. He don't give He'll up. just fight your ass. Yeah. Well, I told well, you Is that your kid? Fuck. <laughs> I told you a story about when Bruno inadvertently saved his life because these, you know, <laughs> Mafia guys were with Bruno, whether Bruno wanted them to or not. After one match in in Jersey in Roosevelt Stadium, um, that Blassie won. I think he won by countout. And you know they didn't have separate dressing rooms, and it was one big dressing room. So Blassie was coming out, and the uh, the the <clears throat> legitimate businessmen were with Bruno. They said something to Blassie, and Blassie said, "Fuck you." And they were going to follow is, him, which is correct, which is <laughs> yes, which is what for, in keeping in mind with Fred Blassie, he didn't give a fuck. He did not give a fuck. Nope. So the, the mobsters were going to fo follow him to his car. And Bruno had to say, had to, no, 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 no. Leave him to me. I'll take care of him in the ring. Don't don't worry about Blassie. So oh, he kayfaved him. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't smart to the business. They they just wanted again. They were around Bruno, whether uh, Bruno wanted them uh, with them or not. That's so after, awesome. Yeah. So after this match in Roosevelt Stadium, they uh <laughs> they didn't bring where Blassie got the better of Bruno and they saw Blassie and they had some words for him and Blassie, you know, said, fuck off. You know, <laughs> and fuck your moms too. And he and, <laughs> fuck you and your mama. <laughs> what? And they were gonna and there, yeah, they were gonna they were gonna follow Black Freddie to his car. And uh, Bruno had to say, "No, no, no! I'll I'll take care of him in the ring. Don't that don't sucks? Yeah, but uh, yeah, but that, wow, <laughs> but that, that's why he and Iron Sheik were the perfect match for you know they uh, you know they they both love the heat. And like I said, Sheik at the time was in his forties, you know, um, uh, and the the biggest run of his career. And when the after he he lost the title to Hogan, and but he lost, but Hulkamania took off and all of professional wrestling took off, namely the WWF wrestling took off. Yeah. And Iron Sheik was at the forefront. 
you know, he would win the tag team championships with, with Nikolai Volkov. He was at the first WrestleMania where he won the, the, the championships. Uh I get against Barry Wendem and Mike Rotunda. But the uh the merchandising was in full force and he was one of the original four uh figures that came out in the LJN toy line. It was Hogan Andre, uh Iron Sheik, uh and Jimmy Snuka. And I think uh Mean Gene and Jesse Ventura came after it. And just in a quarter, he made eighty thousand dollars just in the in a quarter from the, the sales of his uh of his action figure. He was one of the first uh, again, he was one of the first five or the first four. Because if you bought Hogan, you had to have someone for him to wrestle. And that was the Iron Sheik. Uh Jesse Ventura always makes a point of saying that the residuals of his doll paid for his Porsche Carrera. Uh, so they were making he was making out very well. Uh and of course his uh his ultimate uh end came when uh the person he was feuding with uh and him were caught in the same car, uh left it for marijuana. And that was <laughs> the first time the business was exposed on a national level. Oopsies. Yeah, but um, because I I I drive with hack. I you know I he wanted to drive. I said I'd drive. He wanted to drive, and I don't I don't drive with Jim Duggan anymore, uh, because Duggan drove like a maniac when he was in Mid South. Jim Cornette told that story um, <laughs> about how fast he liked to drive and this is just from going from Oklahoma City to New Orleans um so yeah but you know so many great memories of of the Iron Sheik his time in WCW was forgettable mostly because he wasn't there even though he's being paid $250,000 a year to not be there because someone forgot to tell him that he didn't work for the company anymore but he kept getting I was gonna paid. say that's one of my favorite things ever is finding out that he got two extra years out of a contract because they just simply forgot. <laughs> he, he's yeah, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> good he job. Was, yeah, he was the Milton of uh WCW. <laughs> uh, we, we fixed the glitch. Yeah, so we're still uh yeah we're still paying him. Yeah, yeah. Oops, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things ever. Uh, and uh, and again, years later. Well, first of all, one of my. God rest his soul as well. Uh, Phil Collins rest his soul. Yes. Uh, uh, Bobby heated. But one of my favorite moments uh, is one that he wasn't barely there for, but it's at WrestleMania six, seven. When <laughs> he's coming out of the ring for the gimmick battle Royal. And he, of course, cause his knees have been gone for 40 years anyway, <laughs> even at that point, uh, he's hobbling. And the only reason why he won the battle royals because he was not taking a bump for shit because he couldn't go over the top rope. He literally couldn't get over the top rope with his knees, not making fun of him, stating fact. Mm-hmm. And Bobby just goes, "By the time he gets down to the ring, it'll be WrestleMania 38." <laughs> one of my favorite. Oh, god damn it! Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Ah, oh, Bobby, <laughs> you are sorely missed these days, my friend. Every day you're missed, Bobby. Uh, every every day there's wrestling you're missed. Um yeah, uh, and so many and his um uh 
his later years, you know, with a uh, yeah, the documentary on him was um uh, incredible. He's married to the same woman, Carol, forty three years. Which and is unheard of in wrestling sometimes. It is unheard of in wrestling. Ask even, the rat. Even more unheard of is the fact that Carol can understand him. Um, Shit, I didn't even think of that, man. <laughs> I still, I think you've been married to this woman for 43. She, she's she been married. She's a fucking word he said. Every fucking word he said. I, I said the same thing about Andre the Giant. It's like all these people that um have had great relationships with Andre over the years. The that are so di- dusty, Ernie Ladd. Um, uh, how the fuck did Dick Dusty Marina. even understand his own words? I get that's what I'm talking about, but they had a great relationship. I was like, How did you even know what he was saying? Um, yeah, but still, um, just an, an amazing, um, a person, amazing, uh, life that he had. I don't know if you saw the documentary on the Iron Cheek, I think it was on Amazon Prime. And um no, but I'm 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 gonna save that to my phone. <laughs> I saw I saw it before the the WWF's biography um uh, uh treatment of him. It was more right. yeah, obviously the WWE's biography is more slanted toward the WWE. Right. Uh but the uh documentary on the Iron Sheik and it's just called Iron Sheik, uh shows a lot all all of his old uh footage. Um uh, still pictures when he was, uh, you know, a youth, and uh, when he first joined the uh, the Iranian army, and first started uh, college wrestling, and had he start, and you know, it it would be so great had he started in his twenties instead of in his thirties, where he could have gone or how he could have, you know, and who knows what shape he would have been in by the time he got to the WWF, had he started early in his career because he spent all of his twenties um amateur wrestling and coaching and didn't get into wrestling, you know, till he in his late twenties, I think he was twenty eight. Um and he'd already been through Vern Kanye's um boot camp. But uh yeah, he's an extraordinary man. Uh Kazro Ali Viziri, uh we will miss you every single day. Well the WF did a great um uh, they always do a great uh, memorial tribute to uh, the Iron Cheek. Uh, obviously, they have tons of footage, and he's always been he's a big part of their uh, their uh, legacy. And um, yeah, it was during the show uh, we talked about the great life of uh, of the Iron Cheek and um, what a great heel he was. The storyline of the bloodline, or as the bloodline turns has been a masterstroke in long-term booking. Um, take notes, AEW. Uh, take notes, everybody. Take notes, everyone. Um, you can see... Um, you can see Triple H's hand in this um, for how he's built this up. And this is the first time... And, and I, they, he deserves the most credit because for the first time ever... Dan, I actually can tell the difference between Jay and Jimmy Uso. I never could. Well, they're twins, you know. I know, and they Hmm. fool me every time. Even when one of them is distinctly wearing something different, I still cannot. I think which one is. Well, main event, Jay Uso. And Um, and not not to be a downer, and they both have a drinking problem, correct? Yes. So that doesn't even fucking help. No. 
So it's like, oh, he's the one that got busted with the DUI. The, well, didn't the, the other drunk one? one. Yeah. So both. Didn't, didn't the other one get busted with a DUI? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, and we're rewarded for it um, with the longest reign in tag team history. But I digest. Yeah, well, um, well, well, I mean, you know, when when your when your legacy is covering up murderers and uh, rapists and drinking is not so bad. Yeah, and this happened during the pandemic, though. His last arrest. Um, yeah. to to their credit, they've kept their nose clean. Probably but drove, um, drove a lot of people to drink. To be honest. Yeah. But uh, this uh, storyline, you know, they did such a masterful job with Sammy um, joining the bloodline and then being a part of the bloodline. And is he leaving the bloodline? And, you know, is Kevin Owens trying to get through to him? And he finally does. And when Sammy hit Roman with the chair, again, talk of the wrestling world, everybody going nuts. Did you see that? Yo, it and, finally happened. Did you see that shit? Yeah. And Jay and Jimmy were torn. But Sammy leaves. He and Kevin team up. Kevin gets his best friend back after, no, I don't want nothing to do with you, Sammy. No, I want nothing to do with you. Okay, come on. Bring it in, Sammy. Uh, and then it's like, well, now what? Do we do keep the the bloodline fractured? And now Jay and Jimmy are having problems with Roman. They lose to Kevin and Sammy. Now Roman doesn't like them. So now what's going to happen? I thought we were going to go away from that. But well, we all, a lot of people thought that the bloodline would come apart after Roman lost to Cody. When that didn't happen, like, well, now what do we do with this bloodline? This fracturing of the bloodline, the Jay and Jimmy thing, it's on every week. I I didn't like the fact that it seems like all Sammy does when he's not wrestling is hang out in the back and wait for one of the Usos to walk by so we can talk to them. Yeah. That that always kind of you know, bugged me um, that he would do it. And the camera just happens to be there. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> But again, just like when Sammy hit Roman with the uh, with the chair, Jay, we're going in one direction. Jay is going to break up with Jimmy. Gonna, we're gonna finally, Jay is on Roman's side, and I was saying all the stuff that you know he's wanted to say for a long time. I guess, and I guess a lot of it was shoot because I didn't know Jimmy was a prom king. I didn't know Jimmy was. Captain of the football team. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure. He could have been captain. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but when J when Jay says a line, you know what? You out. Big dramatic pause, and I'm out too. And boom. To the last second, he had me fooled. Yeah. Did like, not oh, see. It. Yeah. When you said, and here's the thing, um. Because I Those are great was pictures, huh? Yeah, they were great pictures, and that's how I found Dan. That's how I. Oh, found... I fucked you. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I, gentlemen and ladies of HIEC Talk Radio, uh, I'm currently in a relationship. It's the hardest relationship I've ever been in because my partner, the distance, who I spend time with last Friday, 
has no has no has a television. I, I keep wanting to say she doesn't have a TV. She Isn't has a TV, but she doesn't have live television. So I can't watch anything live on her television. We can watch Netflix. We can watch Disney. We can watch Hulu. But as far as me watching SmackDown or uh, Rampage or the game, I can't. So I don't know what's happening. I had to find that out the next day. I got Dan's pictures because it finally happened. And I don't know what he saw. I know somebody got kicked, but I don't know who or why. So I didn't find out until the next day. Um, And then uh, because it was trending all over Twitter and it was the biggest story um, that happened all week. And it was just amazing. And I, when I finally did watch it, I replayed it over and over again. Because I'm, what I've said when I do the historian segments, Dan, when I talk about big title changes or big moments in wrestling, I say, when you look at this on YouTube, when I give our fans their homework assignment, look at the crowd. Look yeah. at everyone jumping up and down. This yep. was the first time in many, many, many years of watching WWE programming, you look at the crowd. Look at everyone's mouth open. People holding their hands on their head. Did you see that? What just happened? That's how you know you captured. That's how you know you got them. I have not seen that in a long time. And my God, have I missed that. It was one of the... And I have no qualms or... um I have no qualms and I have no <laughs> reservations saying this. One of the best goddamn angle twist story beats uh, in a very long time. I agree. Uh, if, if not ever. Mm-hmm. If not, that's going to go down as a where were you when, <laughs> depending on how the rest of this goes, because you know, plans sometimes. Yeah. Uh, depending on how the rest of this goes, this could, this will go, this could go down as a, where were you when that finally happened? Well, that was my question to you, Dan, where is this going? Where do you see this going? Hey, one of them is going to fight Roman for the title and win. You've, yes, is, I is, do. You, the rain will come at the, you think an Uso is going to end the, the reign of Roman Reigns? I don't think I don't think it's going to end the rain. I think that few is going to happen. Okay. Um. Because I still think I do, I do think they could build somebody up to get that rain. Yeah. I don't think it's Cody. I I I think it's got to be Cody. I think it's still got to be. You Cody. say that, but um. Yeah. I think they pretty much sent the message to Cody. It's not Cody's fault. This time it's not Cody's fault. No. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I. I thought if they if they didn't give it to Sammy in Canada and Sammy was white hot, then I don't think they're going to give it to one of the Usos. I I think that's where they want to go with it. I don't know how they get out of it unless this happens and then they never meet again. I don't think you could do it that way. Um, so right now it's uh Roman and Solo versus the Usos. That's your feud. Yeah, why not? 
you have all that we just talked about how they built this up so well. So you have a lot of animosity, hate, and history on TV and literally the real life family that they can work into this. I I really feel it's going to go this way, and I really don't see it any other way they do it. I think Personally, it's the per- I, I think it's the perfect opportunity to bring in Jacob Fatu. They've got plenty well, that of just adds a layer to the same, you know. Story. Yeah, that's not I, I don't that's not a problem either. <laughs> I I think he well, I believe he should have been where Solo is now. Um, yeah. not that Solo's not doing an amazing job, but um there my point is there is plenty of of Fatus and Anwahis to choose from if Roman wants to rebuild the bloodline. Sure. Oh, I well. What? And I don't know. I don't. Why would you do that again when you have this going, though? Okay, I I agree. Well, don't agree with me. Fight me. Tell me I'm wrong, you (laughs) son of a bitch. Yeah, I. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, they just broke up. Mm -hmm. They could bring them all in, but maybe enhancing the feud. I I don't know. Like, actually, you know, Roman's kind of a piece of shit kind of thing. Yeah. We don't like this motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm glad it happened. Yeah. Even if it's for that, you know, it's not like they were hot shotting it. No. Literally uh, a year and a half or more. Another thing that happened on that show um, that happened before the big moment was the insane pop uh, for a guy that they tried to it seems they went out of their way to try to bury, but like a phoenix, he keeps rising from the ashes to the point now where when his music hits, every the, the place goes nuts and there's no matter where it is with everybody saying the name. Yeah. Oh, LA Knight? Yeah. 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 Nah. Uh he's he's also cutting excellent promos. Yes, he um, always has. Like, that the he one always thing, has, but yeah. I know the one thing he can do is is he he's like a combination of Stone Cold and the Rock with his voice and his cadence and even just his walk. Uh absolutely magnetic. Because I'm looking at that field of money in the bank. There are no stars. There's no, you know, usually uh, traditionally in Money in the Bank, you've got five guys that are were ma- are main event guys that you could see either any of them could possibly be champion. That kind of waned at a, uh, a bit. But now you look at the five guys that are in the Money in the Bank. Uh, He's the one I, that sticks out to me. Exactly. And you got Pete Dunn. I'm not calling him Butch. You got Pete Dunn in there. Um either. Uh, Pablo Escobar, um, Ricochet, uh, Shinsuke, uh, five years ago would have been a big deal. Um, because he, when he won the, the Royal Rumble, you know, he had and he came in red hot, all the momentum in the world, and they just, yeah, bastardized it real quick. I would have rather seen a Bronson Reed in there than a, than a Shinsuke, but. Um, because I think he's gotten more of a uh, brighter future, 
But yet, L.A. is the only star in there, and obviously the one that everyone's rooting for, and everybody's saying, um, he's right now he's he's on top. He's a guy that needs to be on TV every week. Definitely doesn't need to be losing like he did last week. Um, and even if you don't have a match for him, give him a mic. Tell him why he let him tell everyone why he's going to win Money in the Bank. Um, he he's the man right now. There's no arguing that. Why yeah. not go with him? And I think that could be a good reason why. Like, there's nobody in this match. Well, yeah, we we got our guy. It's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that matter? And they they made a subtle change. Uh, now the Money in the Bank winner, it used to be they made they beat us over the head to get the guaranteed world title shot within a calendar year, within a year. Now it's like it's a guaranteed title opportunity with any champion. So he could grab a partner and go after the tag team title. He can go after the Intercontinental title. He can go after the United States title. It kind of gave it like a little... They're not they're not specifically saying world title shot, which bugs me. Well, I guess it gives it a little bit of a chance to. I I'm assuming there are probably folks out there that uh, doubt the validity and the draw and power of L.A. Knight. They'll be like, well, just in case. Mm-hmm. You can go after whatever. Just in case. Yeah, because uh, I, while you're questioning, and I don't mean that in a in a in a few <laughs> way, you're questioning the, uh, really, that's where they're gonna go with the the bloodline. I can I can see people looking at LA Knight going, you know, I disagree with both, but yeah, I don't know why people would question what's going on with I, I, you know, LA Knight. I mean, you could see his internet. Yeah, his rise and how incredible popular, not just on the mic, but his work in the ring. He knows what the hell he's doing. He looks great. He's got great size. He's everything you want. And he got himself over despite the horrible way he's being booked. And I know the WWF doesn't like it when a guy gets himself over when fans are, latch on to someone they see should be in the main event and should be you know they hated it when it happened with Daniel Bryan the hell they didn't even like it when it happened to um um fuck um Damien Sandow yeah Damien Sandow oh. um but yeah but they really didn't like it what happened to, when it happened to Daniel Bryan because they're stupid people yeah it's like okay well um there are people out there that say Dana Brooke is not a good wrestler. Like you could, you could, we could debate the merit of Dana Brooke as far as charisma. And I disagree, but charisma, look, talk. Sure. But as far as wrestling ability, that is not one of the things there's uh, that is up for debate. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know what the fuck you're looking at to go on Twitter and say, Dana Brooks sucks for her to actually respond. So I get it. I suck. Great. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. No, I don't know about that. 
There have been a lot worse wrestlers than Dana Brooke. I uh, there's been a lot. There's been a lot worse. A lot of things. <laughs> I mean, male I get a lot, lot worse wrestlers than Dana Brooke, male and female, um, yeah. than her. So I don't know why she got singled out. I sir, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so stupid. But I just saw that developing. I'm like, what the fuck? Of all the people. Yeah, Dana that, Brooke is what you're going after. Okay. I, I especially with top dollar just staring you right in the face. You can't you can't miss him. If you're gonna you wanna pick on someone's lack of of uh she's not an athlete. I'm pretty sure she's a bodybuilder, motherfucker. What are you doing? The same thing <laughs> I'm doing, eating Cheetos and, <laughs> and kind of break talking the shit on, on the internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dan knows his place. Dan's not stupid. <laughs> Dan talks a third person, ironically. Um, but you know, the, stupid. I just was watching that conversation last couple of days, and the people, and I did tweet. I said the people that are saying you suck would be the first person that would push a kid over to get ahead of the line to get your inner autograph first. So <laughs> let's not let's not fucking kid ourselves here. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Ah, uh, shit. Speaking of but coming yeah, on. I'm look- oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of coming <laughs> on what? <laughs> oh, come on, Dad. Daddy's not coming on anything. <laughs> My favorite line from Harold and Kumar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, what were you going to say? That I was just going to rant more. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, I said my piece. If I go any further, be like he's not gonna fuck you. I'm like, how do you know? Yeah, you don't read how my do you diary. Know? You don't I read my. Ju- you don't. Read, you don't read my fan yeah. fiction. I have a ginormous peen. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Nothing. Don't laugh at that. Mm-mm. You son of a bitch. Um, CM Punk. Yes, make his CM triumphant Punk. return. Sure, his triumphant return. With a bunch of uh, contractual uh, uh, caveats and you can't touch me in the elite. You can't come near me. What the? I, you and I don't, Mm -hmm. most of the time, don't agree on what is better wrestling. And I think we've come to the agree to not disagree that some wrestling in the the old days was bad. Mm -hmm. Of course, some mm-hmm. of it was good. Same thing with today. Mm-hmm. I side on the. I think some. I think most wrestlers are better athletes today than they were in the old days. I don't know if you agree with that. For instance, I brought up uh, Hogan and some of the other slower guys uh, about being athletes compared to Dana Brooke because I said Dana Brooke is a better athlete than half the guys that have been world champion. Literally, mm-hmm. literally. They yeah. were bodybuilder Hulk Hogan. He wasn't moving fast. No, and I'm I'm not I'm not insulting the guy about that. I didn't even insult him to get blocked on Twitter, but that's another story for another. <laughs> that the whole N H N P. Yeah. Um. But most of most of the athletes, the word athlete has changed. How about I yes. say it like that? Mm-hmm. Um. But one of the things that does bother me 
and I'll be an old man about it. is just walking into the locker room and just punching some douchebag in the face that you disagreed with. Like, you know, for instance, watching Sammy Callahan throw a trash bag at his wife, a trash can at his wife at a CCW show. I don't know. Maybe walk up to him and punch him in the face. So we can't have that anymore. We have he can come back, but he can't touch me. He can't be near me. Why bother? You're just asking for legal trouble, Tony. And uh, I'm still, I, I'm still. There's no good guy, bad guy in this situation, in my opinion. Um, the same thing like years later with Bret Hart and the screw job. I, eh. Brett's not as innocent as he seemed when that movie came out, you know, mm-hmm. not as, but so CM Punk's back and he can't be in a feud with the elite because we can't work shoot anymore. And so I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen was, and, and for those of you who, who don't know, um, because AEW has done a, a piss poor job of explaining to, any to all of their fans, the few fans that they have left, why CM Punk has not been on TV in nine months. You could, you could have ended that sentence with AEW is doing a piss poor job and it would have made the yeah, same of, uh, of everything. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, for the for the fans who don't live on the internet who don't know what happened, hey. CM Punk got into a fight with uh Kenny Omega and the, and the Young Bucks, uh, along with his friend Ace Steel, and everyone was suspended. Um, the Young Bucks came back and Kenny came back, but CM Punk was still, you know, uh, not not on TV. Even though he was under contract for AEW, he didn't he didn't quit. He wasn't fired. The Bucks weren't fired, and Kenny Omega weren't fired. Even though they're the ones who came into Punk's dressing room and started the whole thing in the first place. What Punk did say was he attempted to reach out to all three of them and to have a sit down talk. Do whatever, yell, vent. And he was told, he got answered with their lawyers saying they're, they don't, if you want to have contact, you have to go through their lawyers. Um, Which is what Dan was... Listeners, t- I am doing the jerk off in the air motion. <laughs> uh, so with AEW Collision, uh, which took place in Punk's hometown, uh, Sam Punk did a great promo where he alluded to uh the bucks uh he he is dollar bill phil because uh he's the real deal and not a bunch of counterfeit bucks and the people that hate me um are the people that are are softer than the people they root for are softer than the wrestlers they root for hold that thought for just a second i'm glad you said that because that was my favorite part of the interview and you know who i'm talking about continue But the AEW Collision Show, uh, which sorry, is on Saturday nights, uh, which is a traditionally great night for wrestling, uh, hasn't been lately, hasn't been for a number of years. But um, that's where on this show you got rid of all of the things that uh, non AEW fans. Uh, they did it for non-AEW fans that watch AEW. Uh, there was no Excalibur um, shouting. There was no um, 
of the comedy acts. Obviously, no Bucks, no Omega, um, no Orange Cassidy on the show. Uh, you had guys, wrestlers that should be getting pushed but aren't on this show. And that's why I'm, I was excited for uh, Collision, not just for the return of CM Punk, but we got to see Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Miro, uh, even even mirroring someone like Tony Nese, who again needs to be on TV, but getting a decisive win over Tony Nese makes it made Miro look great. Uh, Andrade's back; he looked amazing. He had a great match with Buddy, another guy that uh, should be getting pushed somewhere, but is saddled with a you know with a, a stupid gimmick. Um, but all the guys that were on the show and. Uh, FTR and Juice Robinson, uh, Samoa Joe back finally. Everyone on the show are people that needs to that need to be on TV every week. So if Collision's going to feature guys that should be on TV every week, if they're going to feature them every week, everyone I just named: Starks, Hobbs, Miro, Andrade, Buddy Matthews, FTR. If they're going to be on every week, I'm there, man. I'm way there. Everybody that we've been asking about for like a year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Nigel McGinnis and Kevin Kelly on commentary. And they're at ringside, which is even better. They're not on a... Can I, can I tell you how much I marked out for Kevin Kelly? Go ahead. I always liked Kevin Kelly better than Michael Cole. I'm sorry. I'm not as angry and no, mad about right. Mike, Michael Cole as I used to be. Michael Cole's a fine man. He seems to be a good guy. Uh, I don't like his style as much as I liked Kevin Kelly. I always thought Kevin Kelly was the next guy. And then when he didn't, it was Michael Cole. I was like, huh? So then every time Kevin Kelly is on TV, I'm there for it because I like Kevin Kelly. And yeah. I also unapologetically loved Tony Schiavone. That was my dude. Okay. Um, that's all. I just, once you mentioned Kevin Kelly, I was like, ah, that's right. I forget. <laughs> he was there. It was fun. Yeah, again, these are people you would see. You're not going to see on Wednesday and Fridays. Um, these uh, everyone, uh, Kevin Kelly, Nigel McGinnis, people that should be on TV every week but aren't. So if 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 Collision's going to do that, I cannot wait. If this show starts getting better ratings, I know it already got better ratings than Rampage. Um, but if it starts getting better ratings than Dynamite. <laughs> Look out! <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're already seeing Dynamite's ratings go down, especially with the people that the, the way they structure their matches, and we know who the fans want to see and who the fans don't want to see. Um, I think if you if MJF ever shows up on Collision, then you know the Wednesday night you, you might have a problem. But for now, uh, putting Hunk. On TV every week with those guys, with FTR. I don't like the fact, um, well, I know they had to put them all together. I, I, I hate FTR wrestling in six-man matches, and it seems like there's going to be an eight-man match next week with FTR, Punk, and Ricky Starks against um, Juice Robinson and um, Jay White and the Guns, which I'm sure will be a great match. Um, but I'd rather it be, I'd rather FTR be in a tag team match. I am great. Yes. To see, 
I'm glad Ricky Starks is in there getting the rub, getting uh, with CM Punk, because, again, that's a guy that should be in the main event picture and should be on TV every week. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that at all, but okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the only thing I didn't like about the show, and it's not, I, I like the ending, um, uh, was Wardlow and, and Luchasaurus, because Wardlow is a, that was your Goldberg, man. That guy should still, if not, I'm not saying he should still be undefeated now, but you had a lightning in a bottle. After don't he, give he, a fuck's we, ass about Luchasaurus. Sorry, folks. No, we talked about how they did with the bloodline, what they yeah. did with Wardlow and MJF when he finally broke free and beat him. That's when you capitalize on that guy and you you keep on feeding him dummy after dummy after dummy and build him up. Not just uh, absolutely the, the minute he went to add a 15 minute match with Orange Cassidy and he was getting. Orange Cassidy was getting two counts on Wardlow. What the fuck was that? I you remember during during Goldberg's push, Dan, when he had the twenty minute match with Disco Inferno? With no, Disco- because it didn't fucking happen. Thank you. You remember because nobody was- wanted to fucking see it when Disco was getting two counts on Goldberg. Nobody wanted to goddamn see it. God. Nobody gave a shit about Disco. They still don't. That's why he's a raging asshole. Or when uh when Steve Austin went to had that fifteen minute match with with Kai and Ty, with Taka oh yeah, Mishinoko. that didn't happen either. Yeah, because, so that's the, the that's only not thing his that, fucking job. That's not what they're there for. I don't know what the f- uh, I try not to jump on that bandwagon about what the fuck are they doing these days? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I don't get it. I sat down. And, oh great, Wardlow. This ought to be huh? What the fuck? Yeah, I, I, I I did say I like the ending because Luchasaurus won, but it was Christian holding the belt above his head and, you know, parading around. That I like. Christian's the best. Outside of MJF, Christian is the best heel in that company. Um, yeah, yes. A, a, a guy that can talk and uh, a guy when he's healthy can work, um, but him, Luchasaurus, winning the match and Christian running around with the belt um, again, I didn't see it live, so um, I thought Christian. I think like, how did Christian win the belt? I thought it was Wardlow and Luchasaurus, but him being, and if they do, if they go further with this, when uh, Luchasaurus has a uh, with a TBS or TNT title defense, and it's Christian holding the belt, that would be that would be great booking. But I know great booking AEW doesn't go hand in hand. But Collision was off to a great start. I cannot wait to see more. Because Collision has the wrestlers that I actually want to see week in and week out. Um, outside of MJF and uh, Adam Cole, baby. Um, that's it. There's no one on AEW Wednesday or Friday that would be worth my time. Because they're slowly killing me. Dang. I get it. I understand. Old guy. Why is he wasting my time? Fuck you. <laughs> no, I love you dearly. You're my brother from another mother. Uh, fuck you. Sting. Oh, Sting? Yeah, Sting. Sting. That's Why? my answer. What was the question? It's a stinger, baby. I don't... Oh, you were saying there's nobody else I want to see. Like, fuck that. 
Oh, fucking Sting, baby. What do you want to see Sting do? I don't uh, anything. <laughs> don't really care. Oh my god! Well, now he's gonna be in a few. Shut the Jer- fuck up. Uh, he's gonna be in a few with Jericho. That's Good. like the, hope that's he fucking the, kills him. But that's the death of anyone. Anyone in a few with Jericho that kills them. I mean, li- literally, they're talking goes about the stinger downhill. here. He'll be fine. Oh he's god. the stinger. Dang. Literally, nothing has killed him. He did a tear. All that build up to Starcade '97. No, don't you reach your hands at me! I swear to God. No, fuck Jericho. But what I'm saying is, is the man had to wrestle against argue Hulk Hogan. And he was fine. They did that. Like, fucked up that count. He was fine. He can survive Jericho. He can survive anything. Dan, I said this when Sting was brought into AEW in the first place. For what? Again, with all due mm-hmm. respect to Sting, and obviously he's getting paid a lot of money because Tony Khan, like a lot of people your age and younger, huge Sting fans, of course. But you're bringing Sting in to do what? He's mm-hmm. not a manager. He's not a commentator. He can't, He's 63. He's not going to... He can't do it week after week. So what are you bringing him in for? I can look at him. I can stare at him all. If he wants to come down in the ring with the bat and drive people off, that's great. He's the only one that gets a pass with me. I know. I know. I get it. If Daphne was alive, she'd be the one getting a pass. But Because I guarantee she'd be there. I know. If Daphne were alive, she would be in AEW, I know. Yes, because WWE was fucking stupid and never used her because they're fucking stupid sometimes. Okay. Steve gets a pet. Steve, Mr. Borden, sir. Yeah, Mr. Borden, sir. I literally texted, I tweeted the other, I tweeted yesterday. I said, oh, Sting's in the new AEW game? I guess I'm buying that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care about the controls. Uh, Oh, Sting, you wrestle Sting. Eh, see you later. Oh, he's wearing a t-shirt. All right. What? I can just download him in WWE. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Already did. <laughs> I bought the impact game when that came out. You know that piece of shit? Wow. Because Sting was in it. I I have the PSP, brother. <laughs> the PSP version right there. Still to this day. And every now and then I'll play, pick up the PSP and I'll play it. I'm like, ah, oh, this game sucks, but I just did a stinger splash. All is right with the world. No, in all seriousness, if he was there just as, uh, unfortunately, the fuckface nonce um, uh, manager, it'd yeah. be a lot more. It'd be easier to talk about. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's right. How about Jericho like jobbed some of the younger guys? Well, apparently, well, he did action Andretti. That was supposed to be the, yeah. And I'm like, who? And it did absolutely nothing for action Andretti, except to make Jericho see, I can do a job for younger people. I can do a job for this totally, this total unknown guy. And what did he do? And what happened? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Thanks. Great. Yeah, I don't. You know, as we're recording this, um, we have uh, SmackDown, SmackDown coming up. 
uh, SmackDown starring Peter Brady uh, will be um, the day after we're recording mm -hmm. this, so we can get our first look at the fallout from uh, the end, the presumable end of the bloodline. Uh, we'll get episode two of um, AEW uh, Collision. See what they have in store. I, there. I did, and by the way, just to add to what you said, I enjoyed the shit out of that show. I certainly, I certainly enjoyed the shit out of that show sure. more than any other AEW shows. I know I'm boring you right now, so we can end this soon. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow, I'm editing that out. No, leave that in. No, absolutely not. Never done that in years. Uh, Craig. Yes. It's a late night for us. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to SmackDown, looking forward to Collision, and uh, Ilphonic is hiring, so I'm going to go put in my application. Uh, Craig, where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter at Craig Ligon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. Follow me on Twitter at DanLaw83, where I can tell you that you shouldn't care about billionaires in the sub. In fact, I'm going to start a hashtag. Instead of hashtag eat the rich, hashtag get him in a subversible. Submersible, submarine. Get him in a sub. A sub above the rest. Well, except for this one, it's below. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's wow, that went dark. So did the sub. Hey! hey. Oh. oh God, I'm gonna get letters. Uh, you mail your letters to I don't give a fuck on thirty three three Blow Me Lane, <laughs> um, in the town of nobody knows who I am, New Jersey, oh eight oh oh sixty nine, twenty four seven. Um. HIACTalkRadio.com, DanLaw.tv for the live stream. On every podcast app that is out there, search HIAC Talk Radio. Listen to the shows. Like, share, subscribe. Tell all your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your grandparents. If they're still around, might have been gone for years. <sighs> for Craig Legans. Maybe not after those last two jokes. No. For Craig Legans. Um, he's told worse. <laughs> for Craig Legans. He's told equally. I am uh, the above average comedian. Ha! Keep it on the paper. Keep it on the land. <laughs>